and Raphael is no link here in mind. He he really does not care, which I'm like, it's like, why would you expect them to care if they've never shown that they've cared in the first place? It's like the surprise Pikachu meme. Like, why be shocked when <laughs> things happen? Why be shocked when bad people do bad things? <laughs> when they act like how they're characterized to act. I don't know. Yeah. It's because he's hot too. Welcome to The Story Thinker, a Webtoons and Witcher podcast for superfans with scene-by-scene analysis. Featuring sharp co-hosts for a fuller picture, we dive deep into character psychology, relationships, and theories. We'd love it if you could like, subscribe, comment, and rate us on all podcast platforms and social media. For bonus content, you can support The Story Thinker on Patreon. Let's begin. Hi everyone, and welcome to episode 131 of Purple Hyson, and we are here with Bunton. Hello. And um, this episode is called Salient Scars. And I guess just an announcement, Bunton and I are planning on recording a podcast episode, special one, for the return of In the Bleak Moon Winter, which is coming back next week. Very exciting. It's been a year and a half, and this was one of my favorite webtoons, and now that it's coming back, I'm going to finally get one webtoon a week, which has been my goal for the longest time. So, yes, Tuesday Webtoon, finally. Yes. I think it's actually pretty similar to Papa Hyacinth, so mm-hmm. uh, to listen to it, I mean, I think it's going to be fun. And then I hopefully go put out another special video relating to Purple Hyacinth and In the Blue Winter next week before it returns. Fingers crossed. Now that I made it public, I have to do it. <laughs> yes. Obligate yourself. Right. <laughs> All right. So we open up. We're at the theater. The... Um, Grace and the other detective, Jason Cooper, are yeah, yeah. are um, investigating, taking pictures, looking, talking to the director, and you know, investigating the murder scene or murder area. And Will and Kim are outside the door, and just as Pamela and them, they're on opposite sides of the door, and their arms are crossed, they're not looking at each other. They're just still and straight, like awkward. Yeah, it's like awkward but it's also like they're just like the mood for the entire night was just killed because you know unexpected death could be murder and they're both just kind of they probably feel like they could probably couldn't have done anything anyways but like they're police officers and they were there and um and Morgan still died so I think that on some level they both feel kind of guilty about that even though there's probably nothing that they could have done anyways but just them being there probably makes it feel worse for them yeah. yeah so they're both looking down and we focus on their faces and then Kim looks over at Will and she sees him looking sad and I think that she you know feels some compassion for him like in the next panel with her her eyes like that I think she feels sad for him which our Kim has feelings I think at least very deep deep down behind that all of that humor and the humor that covers the trauma yes also that picture of Will in his profile, I think that he looks really handsome there. So always handsome. It is, but like, I don't know, that one in particular, I thought that that is like made him look good. And I think also she's just remembering that he was there on a date. And like I think she brings that up later in the episode, or like about to bring it up, but like, yeah, he was like on a date with a woman. And I don't think she's ever thought about Will being on a date with a woman before. So other than it being like a joke. So again, just kind of a new headspace for her. Yeah, I definitely think that's also on her mind, seeing him in a new light and, you know, maybe hopefully reevaluating how does she feel about Will? You know, maybe you never know, think about something that way until it's forced into you, until you like are faced with the reality that maybe this guy is going to go away forever or whatever, you know. Never <laughs> <know>. <laughs> Little does she know. <laughs> but so she, um, you know, uncomfortably, like, touches her, her mask and says, tonight was something, huh? Quite unexpected, yeah. And she questions, do you really think it could be a murderer? A poisoning, like Nero thought. And Will says, and to his credit, I love how he's humble and realistic. He said, my knowledge of poisons is quite limited, which I love it. I love when people don't pretend that they know everything. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's so realistic. of like, no, I don't know everything about this. Why I, I can't pretend to have an opinion on this. Yeah, I agree. It's like, you know, being realistic about your own abilities, like, yeah, it's good. Again, it says just a little bit more about Will's character. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and he says, I don't know what I need. I can pause that kind of presentation. He looks again, and she looks once again, is really examining him. She's really paying attention to him. And, you know, again, whether seeing him as sad, whether seeing him as like, on, you know, honest and, or like responsible, she says, you don't have to stay, you know, it was your night off. And she feels compassionate towards him. And I think maybe respecting him for his responsibility and his sense of obligation. Yeah. I think that's also on top of, because um, I might be misremembering this, but when Lauren was telling her about him and Neira, how she kind of brought up that, like, his dad wants him to marry her, and she already knows, like, the kind of pressure that he's under, not only from his family, but for himself, because of the, the hole that his brother leaving left in their family. So, mm -hmm. like, I think she's kind of seeing him being this like reserved and stuff in a new light on top of everything so she could in a way kind of sees this as like another way of him not being able to choose his like what he really wants to do because she knows that he probably doesn't want to be there right now anyways like but he'll do it anyways because he has this uh deep sense of like responsibility and duty so yeah uh but i think she's becoming a bit more sympathetic to like him and his struggles mm -hmm. Yeah. And he says, don't worry about it. I don't mind staying. And she stares at him, like awkwardly says, but she really is giving him a look. And then I, you know, she asks the question because, hey, she's asking, it's gotta be on her mind. She says, so before it was interrupted, twiddle, twiddle, yeah. how is your date going? And it's like, oh, Kim, why are you asking? <laughs> she wants to be on a date with him <laughs> a lot of people are like she wants to be on a date with her <laughs> yeah the top comments on this episode too are great i think some of them bring up like some stuff that happens later but like yeah her just being like how was your date like she, she's like oh will on a date like what but also it's like <clears throat> will on a date with me but she's obviously not thinking of that right now it's all subconscious deep deep down but yeah I remember um, when I was, I was a little kid and one of them, two people I knew had a crush on each other and they were like teenagers and I was 10, 9, 8, something like that. And um, I was very into like, I was like romance, right? So I, I was aware they had a crush. And I remember this person was very casually asking me, she was like, so how's whatever, whatever doing? And this is like totally out of the blue. Like, I'm just asking about this person. And I, even as a little kid, I was like, you're asking because you like him. I mean, I, I didn't say that, but I thought that. <laughs> yeah. We maintain that psychology low-key for the rest of our lives. Like, oh, you talk about him because you like him. Like, <laughs> like we're five, but. <laughs> yep. And Will's like, my date? Yeah. You can tell he totally stopped thinking about it at the date. The second Darcy said, you know, oh, well, I mean, like, I'm not interested. And suddenly he's like, oh. he's like, what, what date? I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I was on a platonic evening out with my friend. Like, that was it. He was just like, I'm just here. This girl, she's cool. We're on the same page. It's all good. No stress. Not pressed. Relaxing. Like, until the, till the death, obviously. But yeah. So, like, the date was the furthest thing from his mind uh, well, once uh, Morgan dropped dead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's like, uh, yeah, with Lady Darcy. He's like, oh, <laughs> yes, it was going well. <laughs> I love I, I love the fact that he is not, like, outing her to Kim or anything, even though she said it pretty bluntly when they were together. He doesn't know, like, if it's okay to tell anybody else, like, he's just keeping it, like, on, like, on the down low, and I respect him for that, like, like, and obviously he's not thinking about Kim and how she'd think about him being on a date, because Kim having a crush on him is probably the last thing he would ever expect, obviously, so he's just like, oh, yeah, no, she's nice, it was good, <laughs> like, and Kim's just there, like, <laughs> I, I was wondering, too, because I was a little frustrated that he didn't tell Kim, you know, oh, she's gay, it's not going to happen, because then, you know, Kim could develop feelings, but yeah, then I thought, I was like, wait, I don't know if Darcy is out, right, um, I, I hope she is, but I don't know, right? So. Yeah, no, Loki, that was my same process of, like, 
you'd save so much conflict by just telling her, but then it was like, but wait, he doesn't have her consent to do that. So him not doing that is a solid thing, but also it's gonna cause miscommunication stuff down the line, which is frustrating, but whatever. It's it's Kiwi. It'll be it'll be fun. Yeah, you can see the drama coming from a mile away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can totally see the scene being like Kim at some point realizing she has feelings and then she's like, Well, I love you, but I can't be with you because you're gonna marry Nero. And he's like, Nero, I can't marry Nero. Whatever gave you that idea. And he's like, she's like, you, you did. And then he's like, No. I go, whatever. It'll be nice. I see, I see that and I raise you. What if one day Kim sees like Nero and Bella and then she's like, Well, God, I have I have some bad news for you. I saw your beautiful girlfriend out with another beautiful woman. I'm sorry. And he's like, oh, I already know that. She'd be like, what? <laughs> like, yeah, she told me back at the opera. She's like, you knew. I would love that. Lucy. Either way, lots of drama. Go ahead. <laughs> and he's like, oh, Nero's very nice. Never in a thousand years would I have expected her to jump out of a lodge like that. Also, I didn't know it was called a lodge. I thought it was called a box. But, um, yeah, I thought it was a box too. I was like, in my mind, I was like, like, you know, when you change words in your mind to be like, this is how I feel right. Like, that was me. Oh, a theater box. I watched Phantom of the Opera. I, I thought it was a box. Yeah. Um, hmm. Maybe, yeah, that's something maybe in, in like French Quebec, it's called a, a lodge. Maybe. That's what I figured. I was like, it's probably Quebecois or something. I tried looking. But or Canadian. Maybe. Yeah. And it's just like, yeah, Nera, that was heroic on her part. She's probably the only noble in the room who think of doing that. And he's like, oh, for sure. She's great. She's different than the rest of them. It's quite refreshing. And he's like, she has a good head on her shoulders and hides more strength than she lets on, which is a little bit of his tribute. And Kim had like this little smile on her face, which I was wondering if she would have like a little jealous, sad expression on her face. But no, she has a little smile. So she's able to be happy for his, what she thinks is his happiness. Yeah. Yeah. She looks like, sorry, what? Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, I was um, saying that um, she looks like, like, you know, when your friend is saying something and you become kind of endeared to it, or you're just like, God, I'm like, that's good for you. Like, you know, you just feel that like sense of happiness. That's the vibe I got from her smile there. So I know we've been joking about love and all that stuff, but it's like, right now she's just like, he's my friend. Kind of a weird thing to think about him being with a girl, but I will support him no matter what. And I'm like, good. Friendship goals. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's sweet. And now, mm-hmm. to show her great support, she slaps Will on the back. And she's like, if you ever get married, don't forget to invite me to sing at your wedding. Okay, William? Very supportive. Very loving. Very, very helpful. Mm-hmm. But he's like, if I ever get married, I don't know if I'll let you at all. I love we, it. We love the Kiwi dynamics in this household. Oh, that's so funny. Oh, them. I have to do a little shout out to um, Rosie, Rosie Bertini. She um, she has this podcast together with Tiff. They do um, they do uh, Be My Friend. But she's constantly, like, she loves Kiwi. She's always posting about them. So um, I think she, like, uh, kind of, like, referenced this. I don't know. I, she was, like, raving about Kiwi and her stories. And I was just, like, I just thought of her when I see, see them interact. So. They're, they're <laughs> great. I love their dynamic. She put them in a chokehold. She's a very violent young lady. Um, <laughs> you know, there's like joke violence and then there's real violence in this comic. And this is like, well, there's a yellow background, so it's totally a bitch. <laughs> mm. And she's like, hey, take that back. I've already been practicing my best dance speech for the past year. You're going to do the He's like, I can't take that back if you're joking me, kid. <laughs> it's like, oh. I swear when they get together it's gonna be this but in daring it's it's gonna be like this shit's gonna happen but he's just gonna they're just gonna be like I don't know it's gonna be fun vibes it's gonna be good vibes yeah I, feel it. I always like say my husband always says that like every time you make a bad joke or joke that I think is a bad joke I always hit him he's like if I would do that to you people would say I'm abusive you could just hit me whenever you want I'm like yeah you're so big and cuddling and fluffy it doesn't hurt you <laughs> love that uh, and she's like anyway are you okay earlier you seemed kind of like earlier when you were choking with me uh, and she's like no 
And then the face of that panel, sorry, with just the mouth and no eyes and eyebrows. Like I just uh, I love when Soap does um like the joke stuff. It's it's so funny. Like she's such a good like comedic artist, I think. Like great. Yeah, it's great. Uh, but their um DMC moment is interrupted by uh Jason coming out. He's like, all right, I'm done here. Head back to the precinct to get your depositions down. And he says, thank you, director. Your information has been most important. Thank you, detective officers. And him and Grace go. Grace says, let's go. This night has been long for everybody. And they are walking down the hallway. And Kim and Will are following. And as they're walking down the hallway, we see um, pictures frames on the walls. Very nice wall, by the way. I like the whole decor. Wallpaper's nice. Yeah. And he stops. And he like steps to look in front of the picture and like the whole background pulled out so it's like dramatic moment just you know paintings on white and he looks at this picture and it's the cast of a play including you zoom in on this woman waving she looks very smiley happy she's clearly like the lead in this play and he says Taya (laughs) and I was like who is that gonna be then I saw the name I was like the ex-girlfriend yeah the brother's ex-girlfriend to make sure we didn't forget, Hope gives us a reminder. We have Raphael talking about their dad. He says, he's only been beyond heartless, but one day he took someone and cherished away from me. In fact, he did that to many others too. And he's like, what? Ooh, that means you're cryptic. I know you worked for engagement with Talia. And it's like highlighted <laughs> because of him. And then he looks at the date and he sees this from the XX16. And he says, she was part of the troop until XX16. Okay, now I'm going to be like a total like bad co-host. Um, I totally forgot what years was everything. XX twenty um XX six um seventeen was the explosion. I think we're in XX twenty seven right now. So this was one year before. Fine. Okay, so that would make sense that Raphael would be angry. Uh, yeah, angry and potentially easily to like radicalize through that entire grieving and dealing with your dad being a terrible human being process. Yeah. And so he doubles back and he's like, hey, just sorry, there's something I want to ask the director. I'll meet you guys at a precinct. And he runs back. And um, Kim looks after him. She's a little worried. But now um, Will goes back to the director. And says, Mr. Allen, Mr. Allen. So the director is really cute. I just have to take a moment to point out. He's a cutie little pie. I don't, like, I don't know why we seem to think like things that are little are cute. And like, okay, you know, we should respect him for being a theater director. But he's still adorable. <laughs> I also like that they included a little person in the comic because like that's you don't really see that often in like webtoons I don't think I've ever seen it in a webtoon actually this is probably the first one and he's like a respectable person in a respectable position and people talk to him like like they go to him for like answers and stuff he's clearly like a very experienced guy and he's got a cool design and everything I'm just like good that's nice like to see it uh, interesting yeah i didn't even like think about it like i just thought he was like very short but yeah he's cute he's very nice uh he looks like a really like, kind you know old man kind of person mm-hmm. and he's like sorry i don't wish to take more of your time but i have a question unrelated to tonight's incident and he says of course i can how can i help you and he says talia lynn she was part of the theater a few years ago do you remember her and he's like oh yes of course i remember her she was most formidable and her role was the dancing beauty back in the day he says, when have you last seen her? He's like, oh my, years and years. I can see his accent. It's like a little Heimerdinger, though. <laughs> he does but, look like Heimerdinger, oh my god. And he's like, oh, XX16, maybe, yes, XX16. It was quite strange, in fact. She suddenly stopped coming to rehearsals. Truly a shame. She was cast in the main role in the Black Lake. I wonder if we're supposed to, like, get any meaning from that. I'm going to assume no, but whatever. <laughs> It already told us she was planning to leave the city, but we never thought she'd do so without notice. Okay, so interesting. Like, why do you think she was going to leave the city? You think it's like Purple Highest? I, I thought that uh, maybe she and Raphael were planning to run away together. Actually, that was my my thought. Exactly. Like, uh, and then obviously Dad caught wind about it, and something bad happened. And I really hope she's not dead. But knowing this comic, she's probably dead, which I'm sad about because she. And like the the two or three lines of the entire thing that we know about her, she seemed like a nice person. So yeah, maybe she could have prevented Raphael from becoming the bleep 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 that he seems to be currently. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> we're gonna pour on some Raphael later. <laughs> yeah, 
And, um, and he says, oh, have you ever heard of her since she stopped coming to rehearsals? And he says, not at all. Perhaps we did, but for some of the actors, you have more luck with them. And he says, and in XF16, when did she suddenly disappear exactly? And he's like, oh, a few weeks before the premiere, January or February, something like that. And he's like, I see. Thank you, Mr. Allen. And she knew a restful life. And he's like, but why? Yeah, I, I think actually the reason why they bolded the name of the play is potentially Will is going to do some research of his own, look up the play, see the exact date that it was supposed to happen, figure out what day she would have disappeared and then connect some dots that he knows or remembers from his brother and like their past. And it's going to be sad. Oh, yeah. Very sad. So Will is walking down the hall and he thinks to himself, his brother's words are reverberating in his ear and he's like, he's a murderer, William. And he closes his eyes because he doesn't want to face the truth. <laughs> yeah, it's like my dad is an asshole, but a murderer. Yeah. But now he's kind of like, like, oh my God, like, poor boy. So Will has to do with so many things. Oh. Will the baby? I mean, he's not baby. I'm calling him Big Bear Baby because I want to hug him. Did you feel sweet? Yeah, he's a good boy. Mm. Always trying to do the right thing. And now there's like a really nice parallel. We have Will's face, right? That like jawline, his eyes are closed, and then boom, that panel. Someone's eyes are opening, same positioning, same looks, and it's Raphael. Um, they look a it lot looks alike. so similar. Like I like I like that they look so similar, and that's like a plot point. But it like I don't know, that made for a really good um, narrative transition. Yeah, it's awesome, it's awesome. Um, and he, someone's questioning him: Are you absolutely certain? And he says, "I am." His back was covered in old scars, flagellation scars. So we know he's talking about Kieran. <laughs> and then he says, it's "Not funny at all. It's really sad." And he says. And there was a rounder, uglier one on his shoulder. And he, we see that he's reporting to um, Redcliffe. Is this, I think it's this scene. Mm -hmm. Is it? Maybe not. I don't know. Yeah. Um, it's actually probably a different one because uh, this one has text, but whatever. Um, and he says, it's where Apostle X, the 10th, used to mark his slaves. I, uh, we could get into this more as we like, maybe read a bit more, but... This made me be like, yeah, no, the Phantom Scythe has never, ever been good. It's always terrible. And um, they are clearly not about what they say they are because nothing condones this ever, ever. Right. In what planet does liberation and helping helping poor people require enslavement of children and flagellation of children? And Brant, like, well, they bring it up later how... Um, he, the, um, they get, yeah, mock on the slaves and how, according to rumor, the verbal highest had carved it out himself after killing him, right? So, yeah, and I don't understand that how an organization at its highest levels, literally one of their apostles, <clears throat> has, like, was known to, like, the point that, like, people like Raphael, well, Raphael's probably a messenger, or at least, I, I think he's a messenger, pretty sure he is. But I figure this is probably more well known within the organization itself. But known to have have slaves that were children that were tortured to the point that people like could see the scars on their back to know that they were probably his slaves specifically, and that he branded them with. I, I say branded, said mock. I just think of branded because um, connotation with slavery and just uh, the cruelty of that. But the point is that Kieran carved it out himself, and that's so well known that he was able to be identified specifically because of it. That is disgusting. Like, the leader, like, we know that the leader has never really cared about, like, well, maybe he does on some level, but, like, he seems like um, any means to the end, right? Like, so if you want this, whatever, like, train the people that will help us to get it because I figure maybe that's why the slaves were around probably to be trained to become killing machines like how Kieran eventually became but like they just are completely 
immoral in my mind and uh irredeemable like people at the bottom who have no choice like you have no choice you probably don't know about this but the organization itself the hierarchy the people at the top do and that's messed up yep uh this is why i hate radical movements like any time in history you look at these radical movements and they start out all idealistic they always end up doing Wait, hold on. <laughs> Yeah, hold on. Yeah, so any organization starts out super idealistic and they always end up like this sick, twisted, totally far away from the original ideals and stomping over like millions of people for their goals. It's horrible. Yeah, yeah no. Uh, yeah, like you said, like they probably, when they were Snapdragon, were probably not involved in any of this, but something twisted. Like probably the um the massacre at um Orion and Sons that like twisted something, but he ten would have been one of the original twelve and is doing this. So I'm just like, okay, they were clearly just a terrible person to begin with to do this. And I just wanna well, know... be a terrible person. I mean uh, I, I, it's possible to become you know worse over time. I mean, yeah, but also we had like the Sinclairs in that as well, which I still maintain that they we're good and that's probably why they were killed so yeah. um but yeah i just the, the way that they said it because we knew he was tortured and stuff but like like slaves like i was not expecting that at all and it I mean, made me very sad honestly like we we never use the word slave but if we think about it like we knew he was imprisoned and not free right so yes. there we go that means slaves so <sighs> yeah so that, that it, it is what he was but i don't know like to phrase it like that kind of made it a lot worse for me I don't know yeah yeah I think it did for everyone mm-hmm. Ugh. and yeah so now we have a new piece of information a he was a slave for apostle the tenth and also he carved that out himself which of course Kieran did because he's mm-hmm. a stubborn mother effer and he yeah. killed the tenth apostle good job good job Kieran like I don't condone murder but good job <laughs> like <laughs> Um, people were asking about, because um, there's some confusion right now in that we always assumed that, because Bella brought up how there was only one person he ever killed without orders, mm-hmm. and then it cut to, like, I think a flashback of uh, Chandelier Man, but I'm not sure if I'm remembering that correctly. I don't think so. But, I, I don't remember that. I, I don't yeah. think that Chandelier Man flashback was after she said he only killed one person. I don't even remember that she said that, honestly. Whatever. That was when, um, after she, she murked Tim's sake and he went to, like, confront her about it, like, to protect Lauren. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, um, I don't know why, but I thought of that. But it would make a lot more sense if it was 10. But also, if he killed an apostle and didn't really get punished for it, like... How did that happen? How did he get away with that? I really wonder. Yeah, that's because again, I think we see a bit of it later. It's like, how is he about to get away with technically get away with people finding out that he's a traitor to the PS? It's because he's more useful alive than dead, so long as he you can use him against your enemies. Mm-hmm. Which uh so dehumanizing. <clears throat> it's also possible that like Apostle the Tenth was had done something that kind of warranted his death in the eyes of the PS. Mm-hmm. So they weren't yeah. talking about it. I'm looking yeah. back at episode 72 to see see what we see. Um once you told him. Um <laughs> I'm curious. But yeah, and some people thought the Chandelier Man was the guy. Um, like they all know Chandelier Man apostle time, but like no way. The Chandelier Man was obviously yeah. compassionate, kind, and like Kieran didn't want to kill him. Yeah, Kieran didn't want to kill him. That was clearly probably his first murder. And mm-hmm. he said oh they're blackmailing you too which is a theme with him which I hate and yeah so the PS or something I maybe what happened was maybe that was part of his training and was to kill this guy the chandelier man mm-hmm. but since like they had something on him so he had to do it and he didn't want to um but I don't know. Like, I don't know. I need to like reread stuff again because things are getting muddled in my mind. But I, I always thought that it was implied that Chandelier Man was the person that he killed without orders. But also that doesn't really make sense anyways because he didn't want to kill him. So I don't know. Yeah, no, I don't think so. I would, it's, 
I think we're going to find out at a different point who the one person, well, actually, one second. No, the one person he killed in that order was probably Apostle 10. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's probably Apostle 10. So who was Chandelier Man? Ooh. I think he's just his first kill and someone who probably helped him at some point because he recognizes him from somewhere. So. Yeah. Oh, um, I haven't. Yeah. I just thought yeah, of something. Oh, no. I look back, it's in episode 73. Yeah, she said um, he's only ever killed one person without orders. The flashback, though, is um, of baby Kieran, like the, the man being beaten with a stick, and baby Kieran's like, ah! And then, oh. and then it's him and... Also, oh, then it is 10. Yeah. Maybe. I, I it's probably 10. I, I see the narrative there, like, kill the person who was, like, his captor of torture of. Yeah, and, and exactly, but you see him in the chair being tortured uh, as an older person, where he says, I have to keep going. Oh, it's horrible. So he, whatever, in the chains and the... And the mm. I can't even look at it, so it's gruesome. But like he's being whipped and he's like, I have to keep going. Yeah, so then that makes a lot of sense. He's the one who did all that. Yeah. So yeah, uh, yeah, that's it. And then uh, he killed 10 without orders, got away with it because he's already the best murderer they have. And I assume... That was probably around the time that they lost some of the leverage they had over him, which we assume was the death of the person right. he was trying to protect. Yeah, um, he probably, he might have even assumed that it was a suicide mission to kill 10, but he didn't care at that point. I like that reasoning, yeah. uh, that the, the protectee was probably dead already. Yeah, so I think it's protectee's dead, he killed them, uh, but the phantom side was probably looking to cut their losses anyways and would rather keep him on for his ability rather than getting rid of him because they probably even see him as like an investment in a disgusting way you know like we like you know but also why would they keep him if they knew all of these things if he's yeah. one of their apostles hey why would they trust him if, it, if they don't have blackmail over him anymore oh. i'm so curious about his backstory i think kieran's backstory is one of my biggest questions mm-hmm. in this entire series he's the one we know the least about in terms of backstory, at least with Kim, we know that she's got like a dead sister and where her watch comes from, right? Like here, and we just know like he was captured and tortured at a point, trying to protect someone, but they did, and he still works for them, and they were cool with it. Um, yeah, <laughs> curious. Yeah, so now they discuss this, and um, interesting. The reasoning is kind of interesting. He's like, "Oh, yes, he did." And that's very interesting, and uh, it's so it's so anger angrifying. Enraging. Aggravating. <laughs> like, Redcliffe is just, like, contemplating this. And first of all, he's so stunning while he does it. It's really unfair. And his jewels are glinting. And they look amazing. And his fashion is on point, And it's not fair. Yeah. Mm, I mean, it's good. Narrative message, you know. Don't judge a book by its cover. Mm-hmm. But also, he looks like my boy, Alucard, from Tra- Castlevania. He's a sweet, precious boy who needs to be protected. So when I think of this man, I'll just be like, okay, when that positive energy... I have for this man's face it's already in my boy alucard and so i will direct that to him him i will just hate for being scum <laughs> so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. point. <laughs> yeah i remember there was uh i once met someone who i thought was like cute when i first met him he was like my look he's blonde he's blue-eyed and then like literally like over the course of a week it was actually a, a co-worker over the course of a week i found out what a piece of poop he was nasty bully mm gross like every like just horrible temper and like he very quickly went down in my eyes and like he does not look attractive anymore every face only gets you so far like if you don't have the personality to back it up you're basically just like worse for it because then it's like that face could be used on someone else who's like kind and sweet (laughs) instead of being a dick but mm, that's life (laughs) yeah and he says He's been rebellious since he was blood test, and it seems he remained that way. You know, finally, someone figured it out. <laughs> like, it's pretty obvious, people. <laughs> and he says, all those hype since he leaves for his victims only ever had one meaning. Okay. Also, even you. Why the whole art hall is can't figure it out, but he can. <laughs> like, they don't like, want to think about it. It's like, why would he do all this and be sorry? And they're just seeing him as like the two dimensional, like Jack the Ripper type, where it's like, right. They never met him. They don't know him. He's just a murderer. Yeah. And, like, you know, some of his murders, like, do seem to point to the fact that, you know, he's a heartless killer when we know he's anything but. <sighs> oh, I don't want to think about it. Um, it was only a matter of time before he actively started, started actively acting <laughs> against actively us. Actively acting. 
like finally then Raphael is like are you sure the leader didn't send him after me which is interesting right they have all these like inner politics because they don't trust each other either <laughs> so, yeah dysfunction oh my god and the phantom spice is just completely in, like yeah like you said dysfunctional like it's barely living on a prayer right now like it is it is on the verge of like imploding on itself which I think is Loki what's gonna happen at the ball but mm. <laughs> yeah and he says oh it is a possibility I am under surveillance you probably are as well yeah considering how strangely his last mission turned out something tells me that the purple hyacinth was acting on his own okay he's putting the cards together he's not stupid at the very least you know he's got a brain mm. and a pretty head of his bad that everything else about him is awful we do not like him we do not stand i see i love the amount of people who are like no we hate Raphael now for snitching on kieran i'm like y'all forget he also because i assume that he is messenger that means he snitched on bella too when nero rolled up to visit in my mind that could there's still like some nebulous things but to me he's the messenger he snitched that's it yeah <laughs> Bad dude. Been a smitch from the beginning. <laughs> and he's like, shall I report him to the 12th then? Right? He doesn't even hesitate to throw our boy to the wolves. I mean, we're getting a bit more of his backstory now, so it does make sense as to why he's like all in on this. Like, he's completely radicalized at this point, probably. Not we don't know the only bullet of humanities for his brother, but... Mm. It literally makes no sense. If someone did something bad to you that you were really saddened by, don't go then do the same things to other people. Huh. It's called hypocrisy. Yes, oh. God, they look. He looks just like his brother. God, like in this panel, like minus the facial hair and the slightly longer hair, he looks so similar. Oh, they do. And Redcliffe is like, no. He <laughs> just has this like cunning, plotting look on his face. Like a Disney villain. And he's, I felt like, why? He's your chance to redeem yourself in the leader's eyes, which is like, he just does not care about Kieran at all. Okay, granted, Kieran, like, also tried to kill him, maybe, but which, whatever, I didn't understand that, but okay, I don't care. Don't do it. That's all. And Raphael is no link to Kieran. Like, he, he really does not care, which I'm like, it's like, why would you expect them to care if they've never shown that they'd cared in the first place? It's like the surprise Pikachu meme. Like, why be shocked? <laughs> when <laughs> things happen why are you shocked when bad people do bad things <laughs> when they act like how they're characterized to act i don't know yeah it's because he's hot too yeah and i think i think also because we're he's he's will's brother and they had an emotional like scenes together yeah and we want him to be good because he's close to someone that we care about who is a good person and who used to look up to him and respected him and he was a good person as it seems he was a good brother as a teenager so we know that he was good in the past and we just still want him to be good for the person that we care about i like that it's he's not 100 percent in either direction you know like he's human like you know no no person is like 100 good 100 bad there's layers there's ebbs and flows so like he might be really good in terms of like his brother even though he abandoned him as a child left him with the dad who he knew was a bad person was that good who knows but also it might have been good because maybe he knew about what bringing children into this organization would do so i don't know but i don't know like i don't like that he's snitching on kieran but also it's perfectly in his character to do so and um just because he's doing it doesn't mean he's like terrible like a terrible person either unlike redcliffe who has never shown anything other than being a terrible person so well i always say like we know he, he has done a lot of good for the poor but i'm kind of assuming it was all selfish reasons but at least he, yeah. at least he did it right that is... he's like one of those rich people who donates charity tax write-offs right i mean except most of those people like i'm sure they don't aren't murderers also you know like radicals or i don't know exactly what retro did but like yeah i'm sure he was he was poor i think at least and then he got the circus and i think he used that to kind of make his money i don't know something along those lines we'll Right. find out eventually hopefully probably mm-hmm. so he chuckles and he's like oh, 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 evil chuckle oh the leader doesn't function that way he will trust me more for bringing out another traitor no i have a horrible useful idea for the purple hyacinth 
grandfather Gwen Yin. He says, whether the leader knows the purple hyacinths, hyacinths of the traitor or not doesn't matter. However, if we know something the purple hyacinth doesn't want the leader to know, then we have an advantage over him. We can turn his favorite toy against him. And then Raphael's like, you want to blackmail the purple hyacinth? I don't know why he looks so shocked. Looks stunning and shocked. Gorgeous. <laughs> right? Like that jawline and the sharp it's features. Stubble as well. I don't know, man. Soap is just so good at drawing these men. <laughs> Always. Terrible. In one breath, we're cursing him out. In the next breath, we're sipping over that. <laughs> terrible. Such is life for us. For us. <laughs> like, we are simple women with simple tastes. And you know what? And this is our our stuff that we enjoyed is our escapist fiction that we enjoy. So we can act however we want. <laughs> it's for us. It's like the um, the song, I hate you and I love you. <laughs> yes. But we yes. don't want them, but we love the way they look. <laughs> and I also love that it's like, you want to blackmail the purple heights. And when I read that, I was like, how many times is this man going to be blackmailed in his life? God, too many times by the same people. Yeah, I think Raphael's expression was because he was like, what? Like, that's not going to happen. That's not possible. I think it's because he still has that, like, reputation of being, like, incredible. Yeah, no, he knows what the Purple Eyes is. Well, he fought against him. He knows how good he is. He knows that he only got out of that fight by sheer luck of the environment, you know, like, so. He did a good job. I thought you held it on quite well. Mm. Yeah, no, he held his own quite well, but also he saw a man take a sword and deflect bullets. So, crazy. Can I him? And he leans close and with a sadistic smile, he said, Find his weakness. The purple hyacinth's leash will be mine. <laughs> this man comes for Lauren. I am going to eat him into the sun. Uh, but he is going to come for Lauren because he's going to follow Kieran and see them. And then he's going to be like, ah. And then that's going to lead to like the whole situation with why Lauren is in the cave with Nera. And Nera's like, he's dead. That's yeah. good. This is the start of it, I swear. I, I think you could be right. Um, I think, like, in terms of dramatic purposes, I think, I hope, Raphael will have some sort of conflict because he'll realize who Lauren is. Like, I don't think he can forget her. He'd be like, oh, shoot, this is my brother's best friend. And now he's like, well, Blackman Clover Hyacinth, not off my brother's best friend. Choices, choices. <laughs> so best friend I, who I know. Right? He's going to have a moral dilemma. Um, I feel like it could be, like, the thing with have you ever watched Avatar The Lost Airbender? No, but my friend always says I should watch it. The best show ever made, like straight up, best yeah. thing ever made. It will be the highest thing in my mind always, every way, anyways. But yeah, point is, there's a character in it. He's got, um, I wouldn't say who it is, but uh-huh. do you think that they're going for like character redemption uh-huh. and they're given a choice and you think that they're going to pick to the show so it's like what like you think that they're, they've been building up that they're going to be redeemed and then they don't but then they get redeemed later on and it's like I wouldn't mind seeing that type of thing with Raphael but it's like so that means he will sell Lauren out anyways feel kind of bad about it realize the errors of his ways team up with team up with his brother and make things right will that happen probably not I try I never try to like predict what's <laughs> going to happen I just say what I want or what I see could be but I'm never like I know but I like that. that would be nice. Yeah, I like that idea. I do think that Raphael needs to sell her out, like for the plot purposes. But I like that. Mm-hmm. Idea. I like the idea of him, you know, repenting. <laughs> um, and I think the her being in the cave. Well, if she gets kidnapped, sorry, forget the cave part for, for now. If she gets kidnapped, it'll be a good opportunity for Kieran to come and rescue her, which is fun. That's, it's a, I know people are like, oh, it's a trope for the guy rescuing the girl. I don't care. I like it. The girl can rescue the guy. Actually, when I you know how like little girls have these fantasies of like the guy rescuing them? I always had the opposite fantasy of like I would rescue the guy. Literally, I was like five years old and I started like having those, those daydreams. But yeah, um, yeah, I love when one partner rescues another partner. It's the yeah. best. <laughs> it's tit for tat. Love to see it. Um, I also think this could be a really good way to integrate Bella in some way. 
because Bella will see that Radcliffe is using someone against Kieran as blackmail and kind of realize, oh, that's exact same thing could happen to me mm-hmm. because I am almost as good or pretty much as good as Kieran. And if I don't want to do things for him anymore, he's not going to hesitate to use my weaknesses against me now. I feel like it's a good way for her to see it and kind of be like, huh, and maybe who knows when I get Bella and Kieran team enough to like mm-hmm. save Lauren or like, I don't know, something, anything like yeah. that I want. And that's how we end up with Naira in the picture with Lauren. I'm trying to trying to figure out what that that is. He's so, dead. Oh. Yeah. So every all the theories we had before about he's dead were always like sad, but like all oh, sad men's dead, Will's dead, Kieran's dead, like right, Tristan. Now it could be Redcliffe is dead, which is great. That would be great. <laughs> could be. We don't know. I again trying to predict what happens with the series never works. I mean, sometimes it does obviously for like small things, but like major plot points and like turning points in the plot are notoriously difficult to like figure out so hmm. yeah i'm excited the drama yeah. Yeah. the drama and yes i guess raphael hatred i found it hilarious how everyone was so so hateful to raphael <laughs> yeah it was it was like we're all united <laughs> which just shows how much we care about karen we don't want him to be in harm's way yeah, I, I I posted this meme in the server the other day, or like when it came out, where it was a um a meme from like a year ago, where it was like the lady holding like Kevin Hart and pointing at someone, and yeah. it's like the phantom side, and then the the person in the arms is like baby Kieran, and it's like three three minors and an adult like pointing. I was like, yeah, that's me. Just like like you touch my son again. <laughs> no, mm-hmm. that was me, one hundred percent. Yeah. I'm just sad about the revelations about Kieran, though, because I feel like we're going to get, like, this is a good segue to kind of lead in, like I said, because I was talking about this in the survey as well, like, I really want Kieran to begin to open it up, open up to Lauren, finally, and I feel like, like, every, like, back when he got the big slice on his back, it's like, everybody was like, like nurse Lauren, let's go, yeah. and I was like, yes, nurse Lauren, let's go, and <laughs> I feel like that's a good segue, and I want it. Mm-hmm. Listen, he, he got injured again now with Raphael. Yeah, that's that's what I'm saying. He got the slice yeah, right. with Raphael. That, that's what I meant. Because we haven't seen Nurse Lauren since like episode 27. And that was a great time in my life. I'd love to be back there. Oh, the best. Some episodes are just in my heart. 37, 93. <laughs> um, what was the other one? Forgot. The one where he comes to her window. <laughs> oh, that one was so fun to record. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> also, sorry for hearing music now. One of my siblings is playing very loud music outside. <laughs> I don't actually hear it. <laughs> Great. <laughs> so actually, I forgot to do this um, on a recent episode, but I want to do this new thing, like favorite panel. So what was it called? Kieran's art corner. I think we're calling it Kieran's art corner. <laughs> What's your favorite panel? Okay, this is I. Um, <clears throat> I hate that it's my favorite one. I just like how it's drawn. But him being like, no. Yeah. <laughs> I like, I don't know, like his expression is just like, oh, you asshole, you know? I don't know. I think that one's my favorite. And I kind of hate that it is. Like, int- I just, the art is good. I don't like him as a person, mm-hmm. but he just reminds me of my boy, Alucard, mm-hmm. who I miss daily. That show's very good, by the way. Brutal. I don't know if you'd like it, but Castlevania is great. My husband told me about it. He told me it was very brutal. Yeah. Which- <laughs> Actually, we have spoke about Arcane when we finish recording. <laughs> yeah, at some point we will. Yeah, I'm trying to think. My favorite panel? Hard. I guess I like the panel right before the last one where Raphael is. Oh, I was going to say that. Oh, we can't see wall. it. I can pull it up. I could pull it up. No, here's like, yours is like yours is like bugging out right now. Right, it's not, um, what's it called? Here, uh, this one, right? Yeah. I think yeah, was here, here, my favorite. Favorite. Well, he looks like you ever seen. Treasure Planet. You ever seen Treasure Planet? I love Treasure Planet. Yeah, so he reminds me of Jim in that in that picture. He does like, the way that his hair, like the the way that his hair falls. Yeah. I see that. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a good movie. That was another boy I had a crush on back in the day. Ooh. I love that song still. All right, okay, that's the favorite panel. Um, anything else to yeah. say on this episode? Um, this episode hurt me, but also I feel like it's a good like teasing of 
that we're a good indication that we're going to finally learn more about Kieran's backstory at some point. And I look forward to that. Also, stay away from Lauren. But they're probably going to find her and they're going to kidnap her and do stuff. And I don't like it. But also that's going to lead to ship moments. So, you know, got to wait that. Amen. Yes. Also, I I, I love um, the the yeah. um, author's note at the end where it's like, every Monday I sit in front of my computer and wonder what would happen if I put clown music over a serious episode and just leave it there without explanation. I mean, <laughs> can they even stop me? And I I swear that when this episode came out, it had music on it. Wait. And then it stopped. I swear, like it wasn't there anymore. People like let me know because I could have sworn that there was music, but it didn't play or something went up. So I thought that there was something wrong with it, but I could have sworn it was just normal pH music. But if it, if it was actually clown music on this, that would have been an amazing name. Yes, but I don't see anyone talking about that either. So yeah, I don't remember any music, but whatever. You know, my memory is not so reliable about this. What about you, Mindy? What do you think of this episode? It was sad. Um, I liked him and Will. It was very funny. And then, yeah, it was a lot of drama. I, I like the drama. I like that the story is progressing. I like that there's high, high stakes. I like that these characters are being pitted against each other in meaningful ways. I like that they all have to make moral decisions um, that impact the other characters. I think it's a very well done story. Like, everything has stakes. Everything has consequences. People's decisions have consequences. I think that's fantastic. And I think it's great. Oh. PH is just consistently being good. I can't believe that it's been out for six months already because it came yeah. back in like February. So, in like, I think next week's episode, or like, yeah, probably around next week's episode would be like six months, which is insane to think about that we've already gotten so many episodes. Mm-hmm. And it's usually about 58 a season. So, we're like almost halfway. And I'm just like, oh my God. I know. Oh, never I know. Just is just hurt, like, uh, so long, but so worth it. So yeah, love it. Love it in my heart. <laughs> All right. Yeah, thank you again for having me. This was great. Sure, thank you. Thank you so much to my current patrons. Susie, Lady Libris, Lily Jenny, Molly Veronica, Emily Joe Rochelle, Sasha Toggles, Anna Rose, Alexa, Misty, Joanne, Emilda, Esther, I'm watching you people, Emily Jean, Jen, Aaron, Kay, Lily, Beckett, Duranda, Christine, Sadie, Kelly, Teresa, Mrs. Gastaldo, Tatiana, Louisa, Rachel, and Cece Moon. Your support is truly appreciated.